Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Locals to Legends Wrestling Radio, brought to you by Rockstar Records, 810 East Main Street, Tupelo, Mississippi, 662-269-3745. Welcome to Locals to Legends Podcast with your host, the voice of $10 Wrestling, noted author that has never been published, and the heaviest CWA light heavyweight champion in history, the king of all wrestling media, Gene Jackson, and his co-host, the star of Taylor TV, the man who has wrestled Jerry Lawler 1,239 times and never won, Neil the Real Deal Taylor. Welcome once again to Locals to Legends Wrestling Radio. I'm your host, Gene Jackson. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, none other than Neil, the real deal, Taylor. Neil, how are you doing tonight, sir? Man, I'm trying to get adjusted this time change. I, don't, I can't, uh, It's. it seems like this day has been just like super, super long. Yeah, I, I don't like uh, when we when we spring forward at all, that losing an hour's sleep. Is no good. Absolutely not. I, I just, I don't know. It just, um, I've been sitting. I honestly been sitting here fight, struggling, falling off to sleep since about seven o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. This this ten o'clock thing's killing, <laughs> killing some people. Uh, there's been a couple <laughs> of guests that haven't been able to be on the shows. So they're like, man, I can't stay up that late. So. Um, <laughs> It's what we're stuck with, though, because uh, we're paying enough for this time slot. We're not going to pay more to, to go on earlier, so everybody's just going to have to stay awake, I guess. But uh, it's, it's a, what, all, what did you do this okay. weekend? Did you wrestle anywhere? No, I I didn't. Um, I have uh, didn't really do much of anything this weekend. I'm I'm, all, I'm, I'm leading an exciting life over here. Didn't really do a whole lot. Um, uh, went out and ate last night and um, just kind of kicked around today and not uh, not done anything too exciting this weekend. What about uh, what about over in the Jackson household? How was y'all's weekend? Nah, we didn't do much. Of course, uh, I worked Saturday and then uh, we had uh, pondered going back to the comedy club Saturday night, but then there was all this threat of snow and whatnot. So uh, we went and went to Decatur, went out to dinner, and then we come home and and watched old wrestling on the WWE Network, and then didn't do much of anything constructive today either. So, pretty good weekend in my book. <laughs> I know. It seems like any time that you can actually just kick around a little bit, it seems like it's a it's a good weekend. Uh did toss around the, th- the, the idea or the thought of going to Memphis last night. Like you said, it's, you know, with the – the threat of snow and all that stuff, and evidently it did snow in Memphis. Um, I saw some uh, pictures on Facebook that it actually did uh, come a pretty decent snow up, up in uh, Tennessee this weekend. So as crazy as that is, we're talking about snow on the 12th day of March, and it's snowing. And I think it's supposed to be like in the 30s all the way through next week, and then hopefully I'm I'm ready for some warm weather. I don't I don't care anything about those triple digits, but I'm yeah. I'm ready to start to I'm ready to quit being cold all the time. 
I hear you. Well, we're gonna we're gonna get our guest on here momentarily, but before we get to that, we're gonna go ahead and uh, do our our bad promo of the week. And you picked out uh you picked out a heck of a promo this week. Uh, it's Yukon John Nord from the AWA, who's I guess some people would be more familiar with him in his later role as uh, the Berserker in uh, WWF, as he's telling the backstory of uh, who many people remember from the NWO, Scott Norton, uh, who went on to have quite a career in Japan uh, and, and was taken very seriously over there, quite the dangerous man. But in AWA, these two were lumberjacks, Yukon John. And Flapjack Scott <laughs> Norton. And in this promo, Yukon John slash the Berserker is going to explain to you how Scott Norton got the nickname Flapjack. Check this out. Yukon John Norton, his partner is Scott Norton. And I'll tell you what, Yukon, you made quick work at a big spike. Hey, that's enough. My partner, Scott Norton, I'm going to tell you a story. We was up in the Yukon. We got up early one morning and we was chopping trees and chopping wood. And Big Scott had got to the lumber shack before us. And everybody knows what lumberjacks eat. They eat a lot of pancakes. And the lumberjacks, we all rolled in and Big Scott had got there about 20 minutes before us. And we walked in, and Big Scott was sitting back in the big chair with the knife and the fork, sitting there as big as life. Turns out he ate 298 pancakes. 298 pancakes? That's right, five more than the world record. Well, I tell you what, his new name that the Lumberjacks gave him up in the Yukon is Flapjack Norton. And I'll tell you why. Because he can eat any, any more pancakes than any man alive. And he's one of the toughest men alive. <laughs> tell him, Flapjack. You got it, brother. Don't let the name scare you or fool you, baby. Because this is the biggest strongest tag team going today, and just because my name is Flapjack, which I got from my friends up in the number camp, doesn't mean I'm going to sit down for anybody, and we're coming at him, baby, stronger, bigger, than meaner, than life. And, and listen up, Hangman, we heard you've been saying some things, and we want you to know one thing, we, we don't care, care, and we, we ain't scared. Yeah. We don't care. And we ain't scared. We don't care. And we ain't scared. All right, you heard from him. Flapjack, Norton, Yukon, Johnny. You'll see Yukon John next week. Team Challenge Series action against Hangman Killer. Stick around. We're coming back right after this. Wow. I mean, you can tell there at the end they had tried to practice that catchphrase and they still completely screwed it all up. Uh, you always know when somebody presses a promo with, I'm going to tell you a story, it always, always ends up being a freaking train wreck from that point on. Uh, I love the beginning when he forgot for his name. Hey, my partner, <laughs> Scott Norton. <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
Wow. All right. Well, good thing he turned out to be the berserker who let uh, Mr. Fuji do his talking when he got to WWF. That was freaking terrible. And if you recognize that other voice there, that was Eric Bischoff doing the interview. So uh, it's a wonder Scott Norton ever made it to WCW after that fiasco. <laughs> I wondered if you had noticed that or not. It was a very young Eric Bischoff. I think that was when he was like a still like a C, C string announcer for the AWA. But uh, yeah, yeah, very early on. Well, all right. Well, that was fun. Let's uh, let's get to tonight's guest. You know tonight's guest a little little better than I do. Of course, we're talking about uh, award-winning wrestling manager and promoter of CCW, Jason the Brain Wells. And I believe we have him on the line right now. Let me click this button. Jason, are you there? I am here, guys. How's it going, man? Oh, pretty good. Let me tell you a story. I, uh, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> well played. Uh, yeah, I'm doing well. How are you guys doing tonight? We're pretty good. We're pretty good. I, well, I ain't going to speak for Neil. I'm pretty good. How are you, Neil? <laughs> I'm, I'm good as I want to get at 10.09 on a Sunday night, I guess. Where else would you want to be? Uh, how's, uh, how's the weather in Missouri, Jason? Uh, the weather today was about 50 degrees and sunny, and like maybe 20 miles south, they had uh, like an inch and a half of snow. So uh, it's... Uh, it's normally us that get most of the snow, but I don't know what's going on. But it was actually a nice day today. They were predicting snow for a week, and we didn't get anything. Well, that's awesome. Hell, we all sound like a bunch of old men sitting around talking about the weather. <laughs> <laughs> right off the bat. Like, this right is going to be bat. an exciting show. <laughs> yeah, people are tuning out in droves right now. Like, well, if I want to hear people talk about the weather at 10 o'clock, I'll turn the news on. I'll hear them turn on the shitty podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so uh oh, tell us about how you how you got because you started out you know down in down neil's way down there in mississippi and uh and you've since ended up in missouri and we'll we'll eventually get around to to how you ended up in missouri and, and what you got going on up there uh but tell us a little bit about how you got into the wrestling business well uh <laughs> started out going to uh, shows with uh, a couple of friends of mine, a um, guy that wrestles in uh, North Mississippi and around the area. Uh, they call Sin, uh, Jonathan Porterfield, and uh, uh, DJ Stunner. Uh, so I rode around with those guys all the time, and uh, we went to Arkansas, and I watched them get the crap beat out of them every week, um, and they just uh, destroyed those guys. And then uh, they took him down to Mississippi and uh, got with Billy Rush and uh, started doing the XOW thing. And uh, we started traveling, doing some shows, and uh, they brought me in managing them. And uh, Neil was around. I managed Neil. And, uh, you know, we, we did a whole uh, whole lot of shows in the northern Mississippi area. And XOW was going pretty strong there for a while. And, uh that I moved my way up to Tennessee a little bit, but yeah, North Mississippi is kind of where I broke in with Billy and uh, Tony Watts and uh, you know Hollywood Jimmy, Neil, all those guys. So that was a good time. <laughs> now you won the coveted of... Wrestling News Center Manager of the Year award there a couple of years as well, too, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. And, uh, 
basically because Hollywood Jimmy wasn't going for it, so uh, I was right below him. So I just I just jumped <laughs> onto that one. So, <laughs> but yeah, I uh, I used to just I I love to go out with Jimmy and just kind of learn how he would do his stuff and listen to him. And he was a huge influence and you know uh, one of the greatest uh, you know managers that you know definitely around the area and around the country to me was uh, Hollywood Jimmy, and I just uh, I took a lot from him and really. Uh, really enjoyed the way he did stuff and how he entertained the crowds and he pissed them off and everything else. So, uh, yeah, I took a lot away from Hollywood and won, uh, won a couple of awards every now and then. We'd all sit around on the couch voting for each other. So, uh, you know, it was a good time. <laughs> glad you said that. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I always said that because anyway. no one of me because I was doing it. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Because I, I actually watched Jason do this in a dressing room one night. So yeah, I was gonna, I was going to black smile on it anyway. But uh, Jason, I want to ask a question or two. Um, the when you first got in, of course, I was like I said, I was around that time. I remember uh, the first time I met you and and met uh, CN and um, and met DJ, but. Uh, when you first started managing, I mean, you seem like a real natural at it. I've most of the time when, when, when folks get the, you know, get the mic, they, you know, they kind of stammer and stutter through it or whatever, but uh, you were almost natural at it. It it seemed like it came very natural to you. I mean, have you ever had like any public speaking or anything or, I mean, I guess what, you know, what managers had you watched as a, a, you know, as, as a, as a, as a kid, you know, to kind of, I don't know. It just seemed, this seemed kind of very, very natural. You know, what, what, what influences outside of of Hollywood Jimmy? You know, did you have uh, watching wrestling? Well, I've always like, I feel like I'm a pretty nice guy. You know, I'm not a, <laughs> I, I played the character very well. You know, the the jerk or whatever. I I love to talk trash. I mean, that's just fun to me. I. Uh, you know, I, when I got the mic and just started talking, it just come natural to talk to people and down them because I, I never get to do it because you kind of work in a service injury, uh, in industry where you kind of, um, for your shoot job, you have to be nice to people all the time and the customer is always right. So when you get out there and get to release that frustration, that's always a little bit nice. But um, Bobby Heenan was my idol. Like uh, he was, like to me there's, no one that could, uh, you know, top him. Just his, the way he was physical in the ring, too, and would get in there and, and do, uh, you know, spots here and there and just, uh, you know, just the way he talked and could engage the crowd. I mean, there was, of course, you know, Jimmy Hart, which, you know, he's he did his thing in Memphis, and, you know, that was, uh, you know, the, the big guy in Memphis. And when I was growing up, you know, you had him and, uh, on Mrs. TV, uh, it was him, and Scott Bowden was around, and I really enjoyed Scott, and, uh, you know, Brandon Baxter did his thing, but Bobby Heenan was my guy that I really tried to take a lot from because I, he added the comedy in there to it, and I always thought that was, uh, you know, he just wasn't a, you know, a jerk or trying to be overly heel. He would make fun of the people and end up making a joke out of himself, too, at the same time, and it, I, I just really enjoyed that, and I tried to take a lot from him. The um and I, I do remember uh, one thing when you first broke in, the uh, you know you broke in with like I said you broke in with uh, with 
uh, Sin and with with DJ with Stunner. Um, man, those guys when they broke in, I mean, they were. I remember watching. Uh, I, I think it was actually their first match up in Savannah, Tennessee, and just thinking, God, these guys are idiots because they, I mean, it was nothing but this high spots and this huge spot fest, and then you were out there with them. Um, you know, did uh, I guess? How did? Let's see. How do I word this question? You know, did you find it? Did you find it tough to? Um, kind of break through and, 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 and kind of get your feet up under you knowing that you had, you know, you were almost guilty by association, you know, because hey, I'll be honest with you, you know, those guys, the and, and, and they're very, yeah, they were backyarders. <laughs> I mean, all of you guys were saw, were seen as backyarders. I mean, did you find it hard to gain respect in wrestling, because like I said, you know, there was a lot of folks, you know, especially that watched those matches with 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 Sin and Stunner, and just like, God, this is horrible, you know. Yeah. And I mean, they it took a long time for those guys to get get any respect in a in a dressing room. You know, did yeah. you find it hard to establish yourself? You know, being related, you know, kind of being tied to that stigma of being a backyarder. Yeah. Well. You know, of course, I'm always tied to Sin and Stunner. Those are my guys. I was lucky enough to, like, manage veterans, too, that kind of, you know, it was, you know, I always went out there with Sin and Stunner, but a lot of times, you know, Billy or whatever would send me out with with you or with Sarge O'Reilly, and, you know, I would just come out there, and it was, that kind of gave me more credibility, too. You know, Sin uh, and Stunner were out there doing their thing, you know, jumping everywhere and Canadian Destroyers off the top rope and everything else. I mean, it was, you know, pretty crazy back then. It was a huge spot test. And uh, and they, they and that was the opening spot, yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It went straight to the finish <laughs> and, uh, and worked its way back. So when we first went out there, it was just, I mean, we didn't know what we were doing. I mean, they just, they knew I could talk trash, and they're like, here, you talk trash, you get the people mad, and then we'll go in here and do everything else. And that's kind of how it was, and that's what we did. But, um, you know, being, I got a little bit more respect probably than they got, just because I was tied with with you and, and Sarge and stuff like that, and I would manage you guys, and that would uh, that would kind of almost break me into that even point where, okay, he's not really a backyarder, but, you know, he's not. Hollywood, you know, so we'll put him right here, you know, until he gains a little bit more respect. And uh, I guess I didn't get I didn't get too much. Well, I, I got heat, but it wasn't, you know, terrible. I guess. I mean, I had guys trying to hire people to hurt me, but I mean, besides that, I mean, it was uh, yeah, <laughs> it was all right. Yeah. Well, you know, I think one thing that you had going for you that a lot of people don't, especially when they first break in, is you know, kind of being humble. Um, you know, going into a dressing room and, and being willing to learn versus going in on the first day and, and thinking you already know the business. And, you know, it, uh, and a lot of the, you know, a lot of the guys, the backyard guys, you know, they come in and, you know, they already know all these huge moves and they, they're thinking they're, you know, they think they're out working everybody on the card right off the bat because they can do a Canadian destroyer off the top row. They don't realize that they're taking a bunch of, you know, unnecessary bumps for anything. So I think, you know, one thing that you had going for you right off the bat was um, uh, you were very humble. You were willing to learn. 
uh, you would listen, and that's uh, and I think uh, with you being in the business as long as you have now, I think that you uh, probably understand and respect that a little more <laughs> uh, these days than you probably did back then. Um, how did uh, how did you like you threw up a name while ago talking about Billy Russ? Uh, who run XOW Wrestling for a long time, he and Tony Watts, and then it was Tony Watts, and then Tony was out, and it was Billy, but it was back and forth. How did you actually meet Billy Russ? Because Billy was kind of the guy that that put XOW on the mouth. I mean, I think Tony Watts kind of started it, but it was just kind of another indie promotion when when, uh, Tony Watts was there. But uh, when Billy came along, Billy gave it a new – kind of a, um, you know, he gave a respectability to it. Um, how did you uh, how did you first meet Billy Russ? Well, Billy, I, I met him through Sin and Stunner, who I guess was somehow they messaged uh, Sarge or, or Billy and was trying to get on a show, and I think that's how they got him. And then I kind of got in there with <laughs> Billy, and, uh, you know, me and Billy became friends, and, uh I remember they were like, hey, you know, we'll, we'll get out there. At first, they're like, you know, I told them I wanted to be in the business. So Billy just handed me his camera and was like, hey, go out there. And we were doing XOW, but it was like uh, takeovers or invasion, quote-unquote, angles. And you probably remember this, Trenton, Tennessee. Uh, we were going yeah. there, and I was the XOW photographer. And I would go out there, and, you know, they would do the invasion angle and we would, you know, ride around and take pictures. You know, that's what I did. And, um, you know, Billy just kind of actually, you know, he gave me the first opportunity to work for a promotion, you know, and he let me out there and let me try my stuff and get in there. And uh, he, he, but that, that all came from Sin and Center. You know, they pretty much got me in the business and then got me to to Billy, and it just went downhill from there. Or <laughs> 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 That's kind of great. <laughs> yeah. That, and that's that's so crazy because you know they're the ones that got you in the business and hell they had barely, they were barely in the business themselves, mm-hmm. <laughs> but um uh and you know those times I because I was around for the biggest part of that matter of fact I mean I rode with you guys a good bit um and those days were just a lot of fun unfortunately due to all the beatings I've taken in my head I can't remember a lot of it I do remember the uh, I do remember you being the XOW photographer, and mm-hmm. uh, actually wasn't too bad with a camera. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah. man, those those nights in Trenton, Tennessee, were just crazy. Like, um, I remember the one night. Um, remember they we had started something out on the floor. Some woman had tried to grab me or something, and I don't know it. They were they went out the front of the building and were going around behind trying to get in the dressing room door. Remember that? Where they had to lock us all up in the building? Yeah, absolutely. All the uh they sent all the baby faces around to guard the back of the building to try to calm these guys you know, down and um you were out there oh man, it was it was pretty those those were the times that you could get like really good heat and like people were you know, so into it, uh, you know, and it was real to them. And they, they were trying to, you know, like you just, you would take one of their baby faces down and they were just, man, they were upset. And there was, there was quite a few fights in there, you know. Um, for some reason, I remember a guy uh, swung at Sarge. Uh, he was out wrestling on the floor. A guy swung at him. He ducked, you know, and 
I don't know what the hell happened. I went back to the back and Sergeant done left. I was like, boy, he. Uh, I don't know. He must have been a little nervous. Yeah, so uh, he, uh, he filled out and gone. I was like, wow. I'm glad he didn't ride with us. But yeah, he, I mean, those were those were so. It was just a kind of a unique time uh, that it was great to come up in and to learn from that because the kids nowadays and the, there's no such thing. I mean, they're not getting. They're not working in places like that where there's gentle, you know, like real feelings involved. They, they just kind of go in there and do their stuff and have their matches. And back then it was such a great time to break in because you could really, like, feel the emotion when you went out there to wrestle. These fans really hated you guys. And, like I said, I, 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 that was one of the best times in wrestling when I first started. The um, Well, they, they still believed. I mean, and they still do to this day. I mean, they still they still believe everything that they're seeing is legitimate, and and you know they act accordingly. Because I I'm thinking that that night there was some woman that came up out of the crowd and had grabbed me by the neck or the shoulders or something. I was just to hit her in the face because <laughs> I I didn't know what she had. I was just, I was in the blaster and and a guard come up and I remember. All of security guards being arm in arm across the front of that stage, trying to keep people from coming back up into the dressing room. And then when they figured out they couldn't get in that way, they went out the front of the building and tried to come around the back of the building. And like you said, that's when the baby faces all came in and they're all went out back and tried to, tried to calm everybody down. Exactly. Um, yeah. I don't know what happened, but I know, like, right after that, that woman that grabbed you became one of your top friends on MySpace. So uh, it was kind of, I was like, I, I thought y'all knew each other, but I guess I guess not before that time. So. I had no <laughs> no idea. Oh, my God. God, that was around the time MySpace had come along, wasn't it? Boy, you dated oh, yeah. that. God. Oh, my Lord. Back in the good old days when we had heat and we had MySpace. Yeah, Hell yeah! Yeah, no, no Facebook Live. <laughs> oh, yeah, thank God! My, yeah, Jason, I think you were on my top eight. Yeah, <laughs> my I'm top flattered. eight thank or top ten you. or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God! I think uh, one of the most memorable trips uh, is something I never forget, and God knows I know y'all don't because you don't let me forget it because you got damn pictures of it. The uh-huh. uh, remember the. The trip we made where uh, Billy had that damn camper. Mm-hmm. I sure did. Yeah, we went, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ha ha. We did uh, to, to fill everybody in. Uh, Billy Russ had decided that uh, he had this this RV, and damn, it looked like the thing from uh, Christmas Vacation. I mean, it was just one of them old square RVs. It didn't. I don't think it had any electricity in the back of it, and. I mean, it was literally just a just a shell, and we were uh, <laughs> we were going to do a show at lunch that day in Memphis for Kenny Valiant, and then we were going to go on to Trenton that night. So evidently, I guess Billy thought it'd be easier just to haul all of us at one time and just go, and that was so much fun. And I, I never realized how nice it was to. You know, because we never got off the bus. We just changed and everything right there. We didn't have to unload anything. It was, I guess that's probably the closest thing any of us will ever be on a tour bus. But um, but I remember that, yeah, I remember that ride. And, of course, some <coughs> pictures came up that you guys got thrown off 
Somebody got thrown off of Facebook for posting some of those pictures on the dam. Uh, <laughs> was that yeah, that yeah, there was some, uh, yeah, there was some pretty bad ones. I, the, uh, yeah, because I remember uh, going there to, uh, um, I believe that's when uh, I think you saw it seeing having relations like in the in the camper or something like that. So it was pretty. It was a crazy time back then. We were just running wild, you know. So. <laughs> oh yeah. That was my man. Gene, picture this. We're on this RV, and uh, we're behind a damn, it's like it's some mattress store out on, some, mm-hmm. on the, the, the shitty end of Sumner Avenue. And um, I had literally just got done wrestling Jerry Lawler in the second match because <laughs> Lawler had to go somewhere. <laughs> So I'm tired or whatever. I go to get back on the bus, and I I walk up on the bus, and I hear something. I'm like, what the hell is that sound? And about that time, I look down, and right next to there, there's a table, like a booth table in there. Um, and I look down, and right next to my wrestling bag is a, is a Trojan Magnum <laughs> opened. And I'm like, what the hell is this? About that time, here comes here comes Sin, and here comes the girl he's dating at the time, and I'm just like, you've got to be freaking kidding me. But, uh, yeah, we referred to Mr. Sin as, as Magnum for a long time after that. God bless him. Bless his heart. He had had more respect in the dressing room if he'd have told everybody that in the beginning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably would have saved a lot of beatings for him. Kid can't work, but he wears a Magnum. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, that was a fun trip, and then and then we go on to uh, we go on to Trenton that night. We do the show, and then of course everybody's worked twice, and it's I think that was pro- I think that was in the summer times. So everybody's everybody's burning up, and it was I think on that bus it was me, Billy, it was you, it was Sin and Stunner, it was the girl that Sin was dating at the time, and wasn't Hollywood Jimmy on that thing? Um. I can't remember if Hollywood came to that that one show or not. I think he may have been on that show. Uh, is uh, yeah, I think actually, yeah, I, he was. It was. He thought, thought it was the greatest time ever, and uh, yeah, it, it pretty much yeah, was. Yeah, I thought he was. Yeah, I, I, I thought he was on that. I thought he was on that thing with us. That bus with us. So anyway, we're on the way. Uh, we're on the. We're, we got up on that thing. Of course. You know, me and Blaylock, we're the old goats in that in that crew, and everybody else is really young. And of course, me and Blaylock, me and Blaylock fall off to sleep. Well, we get to about. Um, I, it, it may have been when we finally got back to Bahia, or it might have been the next day. I don't know, but all of a sudden, I start getting these random pictures from Jason to my cell phone, and it's a picture. I, bless my heart, I'm there asleep. And it's Jason doing all these weird faces and pointing at me and all this goofy shit, which is pretty funny. And then I get this one picture, and it's Sin, buck naked, with his <laughs> with his junk tucked between his legs, and he's standing there kind of like Buffalo Bill from <laughs> Silence of the Lambs. I'm like, what in the hell did y'all do? But that was the picture that he posted. he tried to post on Facebook and got by, he about got thrown off 
Facebook for trying to post that. <laughs> but uh, anyway, oh. but uh, yeah, that was a uh, that was an interesting uh, interesting trip. But it was it was a lot of fun. <laughs> it, Lord have mercy. Was yeah. the shitter full at any point on the trip? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We were instructed not to use the shitter. Yeah, no. Oh, no, I see Jimmy down there in that white much. suit emptying that into a storm drain somewhere. <laughs> or Billy First Rudd. of all, the shitter was full. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my uh, God. Now, now I'm on a mission to find those pictures, and I'll try to send them. <laughs> we'll post them up on well, localstolegends.com once Jason finds hey. those pictures. and. Uh, yeah, you know, you'll have to send me those. We'll we'll post those. Yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll share in my humility with everybody else, and we'll post those pictures up there. But if we can legally do that, anyway. Um, but anyway, we go flat, and uh, we we XOW rolled in. We all took over Trenton, and then uh, we went from there to um, we helped. Uh, now you, Jason, correct me if I'm wrong. We went to Newburn, Tennessee. Uh, Jeremy Moore had just started a promotion there, and we were going to do the takeover there. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's what we I went thought. to. It was NBW at the time, is what it was called. Right, New, right, right. Uh, New Blood, or it was I think it's New Blood. Let me see here. Yeah, New Blood Wrestling is what it was, and uh, yeah, we we started out there, and they had some pretty good talent, you know. Uh, that that was helping him try to work, but uh, you know, uh, Jeremy was, you know, doing his thing, and we had we had some fun there. I mean, there was uh, <laughs> that's where I really broke in my. Uh, that's when I really started managing uh, is out there with those guys, and uh, that's when I started getting the uh, dip cans thrown in my face and fans trying to get into the dressing room because we were making their kids cry and. Yeah, those are some uh, interesting times. <laughs> well, some of the that show, some of them kids, you'd make them cry, and the other ones, they would be flipping you off and telling you to go fuck yourself. Yeah, and we're talking about eight year, you're talking about eight year old kids. <laughs> <It's crazy. laughs> but um, and, you know, and that. around that time, you were uh, you were managing me, and we were, I think, we were working with Jeremy Moore a good bit then, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, uh, taking out forearms to the back. Quite a bit. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, I remember I forearmed him across the back so hard one night he actually bled. His back was bleeding when we got to the dressing room. That was too funny. But that, um, you know, to this and to this day he wears a scar from that, and he he loves to show everybody this is the Neil Taylor, the scar Neil Taylor gave him. But it was it, it was that time when you know I realized you know that you know how good a manager you were because um, it seemed like. Um, you know, during that time, you really came into your own, and I actually um, started. Uh, I think you actually started wrestling. You wrestled a few matches there, didn't you? Yeah, I would do it. Uh, you know, occasionally when I had to, I'd get in there and do some stuff. And you know, I tell a lot of guys, you know, I'm not a wrestler. I never. Uh, I, well, I tell a lot of guys a story about when you were running a show in. Um, I forgot it was uh, part of Mississippi, and you you were going against Lawler, and uh, I think it was actually your show. And um, you brought Lawler in, and before the show, we were kind of training, and uh, you whipped me in and, and just clotheslined me, and I lost all feeling from like my, you know, like my mid back all the way down my legs. It just tingled. I was for like eight seconds. I laid there on the ground. I was like, damn, this sucks. You know, now, like, come on. I'm this, not. 
I'm not. I, I'm not I, that stiff. I swear. That was how you, yeah. Jesus Christ! I didn't realize Neil was yeah. Van Hansen. He's busting people open with forearms and yeah. paralyzing people yeah. with both lives. Oh, oh what the he, hell are you doing he, over there, Neil? He nailed me because after it, when I got up, I when I got when I got back up, I just looked at Jonathan and Danny and Josh. Uh, suicide was in there, and they just looked at me like, "Wow, like are, are you okay?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm all right." You know, because not that time. You know, I was like, "Okay, I'm not." You know, I'm not paralyzed. I can walk, so I'm good now. So, yeah, but we we had the wrestling ring in the back uh, in my backyard there in South Haven. We used to train with Neil there. But yeah, the uh, oh man, I would I'd wrestle every now and then, but it wasn't nothing that I really enjoyed. It was it was more fun gimmicks. Let me get in there, get a little bit of heat, then everybody wanted to beat me up. So I was like, man, I'll, I'll leave this to you guys. You know, I got to get up and go to work the next day. So. Uh. Did uh, you know watching watching a wrestling match and, and then you know actually being involved? Of course, is two different things. But um, you know what what about actually being in the ring and, and, and working a match surprised you, or, or what was the what was the thing that kind of stood out to you? You know, you thought, well, you know, maybe this is a little <laughs> this is maybe this is a little more difficult than I thought it was. You know what what you know what was the uh, what come to mind, I guess, you know, when you actually got in and and uh, had to work on match? It was way more nerve wracking than I than I thought it was going to be. You know, I was like, okay, I, you know, I'm out in front of the crowd, I'm doing this all the time. Now I got to get in there. Now you get in there and you're like, I don't want to screw this up. That was your biggest thing, like, don't screw this up and make everybody look stupid because you don't know what you're doing. And I didn't know what I was doing per se. I knew how to bump, and uh, luckily that saved me. And I could remember everything that uh, I had a pretty good memory, so I could remember everything I was supposed to do, and I could hit it all right. But the the nerves were a different level, knowing you actually had to get out there and perform in the ring instead of outside because I could talk all day and talk trash and make people mad. But getting in the ring is a, is a totally different, you know, story, uh, you know, and a totally different uh, – set of <laughs> set of uh, nerves that I didn't know I had until I went out there the first time. <laughs> well, it, it, you were almost a natural at wrestling because hell you were you could take better bumps in half the dressing room. <laughs> I remember <laughs> that. I was like I was like, damn this kid bumps awesome. But uh, <laughs> probably I had more training than them, but uh, that was <laughs> I, exactly. You probably you had more training than half of those guys. But uh, and, and around that time was uh, you know when I kind of started to, to phase out a little bit and, and wasn't around as much. Um, and I knew you guys stuck around in in, in uh, MBW for a, for a, for a little while after that. And then at times I would kind of float in and out. Um, mm-hmm. One thing that uh, that that uh, you've done, you know, kind of when you slid into uh, promoting a little bit was. Uh, the uh the the benefit shows for the um the Miranda benefit shows um mm-hmm. and I would come in and do some of those how did uh how did cuz those shows um kind of took a life of their own because they were uh guys would come in from everywhere from you know from all all the area around here from all the pro- different promotions and and worked this show mm-hmm. how did uh, how did that show come to be kind of how did that how did that start? Well, it, uh, one of my friends that I grew up with, uh, 
uh, his name is Russ McClure, and we, we grew up forever, and, and we went to the same church together. And um, I had um, a daughter about the same time he had his daughter, Ashlyn, and they uh, she ended up getting sick about uh, – she was about a year old when she got sick and diagnosed with cancer. And they went to St. Jude, and, I mean, she, she fought so hard. Um, and he didn't get to work for, like, that whole year. Like, they were, I mean, because they stayed in the hospital every day. And I've seen St. Jude paid every one of their bills. I mean, their house note, their car note, their electric, whatever. They paid everything wow. for them. And when i seen that, and I guess it affected me in a different way because we were close and then – my daughter was around the same age as his. Um, it just, I, it really, really affected me, and I, I wanted to do something to give back. And I always wanted, deep down inside, I always thought I had a mind to like book shows, but I never wanted to do a weekly show because it was so much. Uh, I, I just wanted to do something, and I was like, you know, I want to try to give back and try to use my talent or what I think I have talent for, and my friends that I've made through the years and put on a really cool show and try to get some sponsors and raise money where every bit of the tickets go straight to St. Jude. And um, I was, uh, we, we started out and we did the, the first year was on a Sunday in Union City, Tennessee, and there was no air conditioning. It was about 100 degrees. Doug Gilbert came. Uh, Crimson, who was in TNA at the time, uh, he came. And then, you know, we just had, we had a pretty good show, and it just kind of took off from there. It just, man, yeah, like you said, it kind of <laughs> uh, life of its own because everybody wanted to work the show, and like all guys were coming from Mississippi and, and Arkansas and Tennessee, and they all wanted to be on the show. And we had about forty guys in battle roles just so I could use some, and then <laughs> we had like eight matches. So I mean, it, it was all day event. It felt like, but I just wanted everybody that was given their time to actually get out there and get to perform for it so it was it, it it's become a, a tradition and something that uh you know we, we've raised almost five thousand dollars for st jude uh in the in the four years we've been doing it so that's that's really awesome yeah i remember that uh i remember that first show because um i think I, it was on a sunday or whatever i worked like first or second and then mm-hmm. i i tailed it out of there because it was three and a half hour drive home for me and I remember getting home and seeing on Facebook that the show was still going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, holy crap. Yeah. Um, but uh yeah, those shows have uh I've kind of become a staple around here and uh this past year uh you did more than one, correct? Uh well for some I, I don't know what I would say, but I put it out on Facebook. Hey, who wants to do this? And I had all these people come here, come there, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do one in every state that uh, around the area. I'm going to do one in Mississippi and Arkansas and and Tennessee. And it, I didn't realize how much I was getting myself into, and <laughs> it was a lot, a lot of work. But yeah, we did one. Uh, Arkansas. Uh, Brandon Baxter came out and uh, wrestled. Uh, him and Austin and Bill D came out. Uh, then we went to uh, Mississippi after that, and uh, we had a pretty good turnout there with, uh, uh, well, you know, Doug came back and did the show, Doug Gilbert, and uh, I'm trying to think. We had Davey Richards and Angelina uh, Love that came in and wrestled on the show, and James Storm came in. and 
So, uh, yeah, and Rebel, you know. So we we had a we've had some pretty good shows. I had Xbox Invader uh, at one of my shows, and Coco Beware, and it, I've been lucky enough to be able to get sponsors that want to help out. And boy, yeah, we we did a uh, last year was uh, quite a bit. I'm not planning on doing three shows again though. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to ask. Um... And I remember hearing a little bit of uh, hearing some talk about this. Is there was uh, some issue with Vader? Um, you, it was he was kind of difficult to deal with, or something. Something happened when when Vader did that show in uh, in Newburn. What what happened with Vader? Well, Vader came, and uh, you know we picked him up and all that. And he was, uh, I mean, just talking to him, riding with him. Vader was really cool, but he was. Um, he needed a lot of assistance, you know, to do stuff. And uh, we set up his match, and he was coming out and everything. And I actually brought his son in that was in NXT, and he was a tag team champion, and I tagged them together for a match. So I thought that was cool. And, uh, you know, I let them work as a tag team. And uh, for some reason, like, on the way to the ring, Vader decides to – he's a babyface and decides to turn heel, Um Okay, you know, whatever. <laughs> and they're like, oh, you know, I'm going to run out there and just stop the match and tell me, you know, no, we can't do that, you know. So I, uh, you know, just let him do whatever he wanted. Uh, but we had, uh, you know, some agreements with the agent that apparently he didn't think he had. And he was he was pretty rough with some of the people around, and he was he was a little grumpy. So he had uh, – <laughs> I don't think he had the best time uh, ever. And, you know, that was uh, a learning experience to me all at the same time. <laughs> No, the the show in Mississippi was was pretty cool because uh, Mickey James was actually on that show, um, and I actually shared a gimmick table with Mickey James, which um, bless her heart, she helped my gimmick sales a little bit. But um, and now she and hell, now she's back on SmackDown. Ain't that ain't that crazy? She was in a yeah. high school gym with us in the first part of the year, and then uh, or middle of the year last year, and then now, now she's back on SmackDown. But she was. Uh, she was uh, super nice, super nice to uh, to talk to. Uh, yeah, wasn't I've been, so I've been Sid booked on one like, of the shows? Wasn't Sid booked on one of the shows and then backed out or something? I, I uh, he was booked. He didn't. I mean, he didn't come. I don't know if he didn't know about it or forgot it or. I guess he's busy, but um, yeah, he didn't make it. So uh, huh. <laughs> yeah, he was he was booked on the show uh, and he. Uh, uh, for some reason, I guess uh, he said that uh, he had some personal issues and couldn't make it, you know. So we found out a little bit before the before he came out uh, <laughs> that he wasn't going to be there. But luckily, uh, my man Pokerface was uh, willing to pull double duty and, and fill in and tag up with Doug Gilbert, and it, it worked out all right. But, yeah. Must so have been had, an impromptu uh, softball game or something. It could break out at any time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was good weather, so it could have broke out at any time. But, yeah, the uh, – man, I, I don't know. Like, I feel pretty uh, lucky, I mean, to have uh, – you know, James Storm has become one of the uh, the guys that I, I really enjoy. He's uh, he's become a friend of mine that would – you know, he's done three of my benefit shows and uh, come down and worked them and uh, just a super good dude. And, uh, you know, so being around and, and getting with some of these guys and – and get to know them personally, like, it's it's actually become really cool. Because, I mean, even, you know, when you get up here towards Missouri, not a lot of people know your Dundees and, and Doug Gilberts and, 
you know, if you're not on WWE or Ring of Honor, they don't really know. Uh, but, you know, I still, when, when Doug Gilbert calls me, I'm like, yeah. I remember Doug Gilbert on, on Saturday morning, every morning, and now I'm talking to him on the phone. So it's still like the marking out inside of me. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do the same thing when Bill Dundee will text me. <laughs> <laughs> It's just just the thought of Bill Dundee texting somebody on the phone. <laughs> it's just funny. It's insane. But because uh, you just watch them every every Saturday, and now they're like they're people you talk to uh, on a semi normal basis. It's just kind of surreal. <laughs> yeah, I can. Uh, yeah, that's that, that is that's pretty cool. So um, so now I guess the latest thing that you're involved with is. Uh, um, CC CCW, yeah, Cape Championship Wrestling. Um, mm-hmm. How did uh, how did uh, that come? How how did uh, that promotion start? Well, I've uh, man, I, I don't know. Like I was talking to a friend of mine, and I know you know him pretty well uh, from early uh, in his career. I know you guys worked a little bit, and that was uh, Brandon Bobwire. Uh, we were yeah. Sitting around talking last night uh, of just about how crazy of a ride it's been for CCW. Um, I have a guy in town who started a uh, – uh, he wanted to start a wrestling promotion, and he ran a show a couple times, and uh, we had a mutual friend, and uh, they all came together. His name's Kim Murphy. Our mutual friend is Lee Montgomery, and they brought us together to eat, and he was talking to me about some stuff, and um, he's like, you know, I would like to try to run some shows, you know, and do some stuff, and in Missouri – um, it's really, really hard to run a show. Um, I know, uh, Gene, you probably know about, like, the commissions and stuff like that. And here with insurance and licensing and blood right. work and physicals, it's such a – like, not a lot of people run in Missouri. Actually, besides St. Louis, there's nothing from St. Louis down. So that's a good three hours from – the St. Louis area all the way down to the bottom part of Missouri where there's nothing now, where it used to be a lot of wrestling every weekend. And, um, you know, I guess I wasn't around at the time, but, you know, back then, you know, Sarge, we used to tell me, sometimes we talk about how wrestling was so huge in Missouri and, you know, Psycho would tell me how awesome it was. And, <laughs> you know, there was just nothing after that. There was no kind of wrestling at all. And um, we ended up, you know, going over the numbers and he was like, you know what, I'm going to do it would you be the booker for the show and promoter? Because, you know, I've seen what you did with the St. Jude shows, and my friends told me a lot about you. Yeah, sure. So we uh, we jumped on it. We we got our first show. And first ever show, we, we drew about 200 people, uh, which isn't bad for a place that's never had wrestling, but I think a lot of people just wanted to see what it was all about. And um, I, I realized that it's so much different than a uh, – a Tennessee or a Mississippi crowd that, you know, they like the almost a ring of honor, the independent wrestling, you know, uh, big names. So the first name that I brought in was a guy named Ricochet, who was just coming off his match that was everywhere with Will Ospreay. Uh, and I brought him in, and we drew a house of about 410 people, which to me at the time wow. was incredible. Um and he was actually, I found out later on, he was actually born and raised in Paducah, Kentucky, which is only a couple hours away from where our uh, show was run in, in uh, Cape Girardeau. And we, we drew a pretty good house with that. And, um, you know, we we moved around, did some spot shows here and there. And 
um, I've just been real lucky uh, to to run it. And some of the guys that I brought in, you know, like uh, I had James Ellsworth come in and work. And then the next, he was in Chaffee, Missouri, where I live now. And it's a town of about like 1,500, 2,000 people. And he wrestled at the VFW. And the next week he was wrestling AJ Styles for the championship on SmackDown. So it's kind of crazy how, how it turned out. You know, we were one of his last indie shows that he's done. Uh, so we, we ended up getting him. And then, uh, you know, that was Halloween. And we came around to the first of the year. We had a cage show. And uh, we, we drew about uh, around 420 people for the cage show. Uh, and then, of course, last month we had uh, – I got lucky enough to get Matt Hardy uh, <laughs> to come in, which right now, you know, uh, but then and for, I guess for the past six months, you know, he was the hottest thing going. And we drew almost 600 people at our last show with uh, him. I think it was like 553, 563, somewhere around there. And it was uh, it was awesome. So, I mean, I've been quite lucky and uh, to have it. And we're, we've been on quite a, quite a roll coming up. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, because I, I, I tell you, Delan, Matt Hardy, <laughs> you were lucky to do that because I, I tried to I tried to, to book him for my show in Corinth last October, mm-hmm. and we chased him around for about three weeks and, and, and never could get up with him. Or if we got a message in, it was you know I'll call you back, and then never to hear anything back. So, um, mm-hmm. so yeah, he. Um, like you said, he's Matt Hardy's definitely been the the talk of wrestling here for the last few weeks. How uh, with with the broken gimmick and all that? How was um, how was he to deal with? Because you know he's it's pretty much become legend now that any time that you talk to him, he is in character. You know, no matter when you catch him, and I know Gene can attest to this because Gene met him at a uh, at a convention. Uh, last fall, and and pretty much any time you run across him, he was he was in character. You know how was you know how was that was was that an issue to deal with, or you know how is how did how was that to deal with from a show standpoint as far as doing business with him? Well, the the crazy thing happened is I uh, we we have a mutual friend, Steve Stasiak, uh, who's at pro uh, bookprowrestlers dot com, and I use him all the time. Yeah, I was um, I, I was actually talking to him, and he was like, "Hey, do you know anybody running February twenty fifth? This is about two weeks from then, about yeah, two and a half weeks till till February twenty fifth." And I was like, "Well, I'm running," and he was like, "Well, I know Matt Hardy just had a, a uh, like one of his shows out of the country canceled," and uh, I was like, "Well, I want him." You know, whatever the cost, I want him. I, I know that he'll draw. I want him for my show. And he's like, okay, let me make the call. So I'm probably one of the most impatient persons that are around. Uh, so I'm just waiting, 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 nothing, nothing, nothing. So we get to the next day, and uh, through the years, I came across Matt's number. <laughs> so I just text him. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if it's his number or not, but uh, I text him, and he's like, hey, can I call you in a minute? And I'm Absolutely. So he calls me. I'm talking to the seven deities right now. <laughs> yes, yes. I had a premonition that he was going to call me, and uh, he he did. And but it, I was nervous. Like right before he called, I was like, okay, so is he going to talk to me like broken Matt Hardy? Because this is going to I'm going to have to figure out how I'm going to work this in and and how, how I'm going to communicate to get my. 
Snowcross, but luckily he was Matt uh, at, at that time. So um, <laughs> any time that there, it was just me and him, it was Matt. But when it was any kind of fans around at all or anybody, I mean, he come into the airport uh, where the owner, Ken uh, Murphy, was picking him up, and it was it, he automatically turned to Broken Matt, of course. And, I mean, the, there was fans waiting for him at the airport, taking pictures with him, and, you know, he was doing the whole deal with him. So he could turn it on and off like that. But Matt Hardy generally was, like, the ex-pots, and Matt Hardy had been the absolute nicest guys that have a name that, that I've ever met and dealt with. Um, you know, they're they're definitely in my, you know, top three uh, that have been just outstanding, go out of their way to make sure that they did what they were supposed to do for you. And he was awesome. I, I can't thank him enough and uh, for what he did for us because just those promos. Um, I, well, my daughters, uh, I have uh, two little girls, and they were doing the whole delete thing and obsolete, and I put it on Twitter and tagged him in it, and then all of a sudden Jeff sharing it and, Right now, I think it has over like fifty thousand views. Uh, so uh, <laughs> it, it's pretty crazy. Wow. The power of the party. So. That is that that is pretty cool. Because like I said, I, and I actually used uh, Steve to try to to try to book Matt and couldn't <laughs> couldn't get up with him. But um, you know, and that, it's funny you say that about X Pac because I've heard everything right the opposite about him. Matter of fact, I was steered away from booking him. Um, because they said he was just incredibly hard to deal with, yeah. I had, and you can, well, he was one of my first names that I brought in, uh, big, big names. So, and I was nervous too. I was like, man, because you don't want him to no-show you, first of all, but he shows up, and I get Billy Rush to actually pick him up for the airport, take him to the hotel. I mean, he was the guy. Billy did it all for me, and he took care of him, and... Pac was so awesome. I mean, he he did everything I asked. I mean, and he actually, the cool thing about Pac is he actually went out there and he didn't he didn't try to just do like the superstar stuff. Come in there, just tag me in, let me get the shine, boom, boom, boom. You know, we'll we'll go over. No, he yeah. went out there. I mean, he's doing punches of the top rope. Uh, he took heat. Uh, he, I mean, he went out there and he worked. And uh, I will always put a put a good word in for, for Sean because he was incredible uh, to deal with and just uh, I mean he was set out there and it, you could tell a guy when they're selling autographs or, or pictures and in Union City or some spots in Tennessee there's not a lot of money you know some of these people are just spending their last time to get into the show and he knew it yeah. was a benefit so he's up there and some of the kids are asking you know for autographs and you know, some people know it's ten dollars, and you know they turn away sad. He's like, "No, I'll just come back." And, I mean, he was taking pictures for free and signing stuff for people just to sign it. He was just, to me, he was a great guy, uh, and uh, and I love dealing with him. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, maybe um, maybe if it ever comes comes to to uh, me need to book him again, maybe I can maybe I'll uh, actually look into that. But I think he's actually retiring this year. Isn't that correct? Or I believe he's got six or months, I, around five or six months left. Yeah, I think he's mainly doing tag matches now instead of just yeah. singles. But, uh, yeah, he's got, I think they said it about six months left, uh, is what he said before, because he's been working more with WWE and doing stuff backstage, apparently. So. Oh, that's that's good. That's yeah. good. <laughs> well, 
Hey, a couple things I want to interject real quick. Um, Real quick, just to see if you realize this, Neil. Ricochet that Jason mentioned that drew over 450 people at his show, who huge name in Japan at this point. You know, he's the cha- he, w- he was the champion of Lucha Underground as Prince Puma under a hood. Do you realize that Ricochet was on that show in Tupelo, the TFW Chikara show that you worked? Really? Yeah, he was no in that four way. It was uh, Ricochet, Chuck Taylor, Chris Styles, and Sean Reed. And yeah, Ricochet, which he looks nothing like, uh, he looks nothing now like he looked at that show. He was a little bitty dude back then, but yeah, I just thought that was kind of, kind of cool, kind of ironic. And I, fr- I figured you probably didn't didn't realize that. But yeah, that he was on that show, and he has since went on to, to be quite the big deal in wrestling. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and that was that's pretty cool to hear he drew that kind of a crowd for y'all over there. Uh, the oh, other yeah, thing I wanted to ask. Yeah, he's he's a super nice guy. The, the dealings I've ever had with him. Um, Neil mentioned at the at the end of last week's show when we were promoting the fact that you were going to be on this week. Neil said that the fact they call you the Brain is not just because of the <laughs> fact you mentioned you're a huge fan of Bobby the Brain Heenan. That there's another story to go with that. So we cannot let this show pass without me hearing what the story is and why you are the Brain if it is not. <laughs> From your love of Bobby Heenan. <laughs> oh my wow. God. So, well, at least Neil remembers that. Um, okay. Jeez, <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm sure my wife uh, is uh, going to be excited that I'll tell this story. Um, uh, <laughs> my wife, who's a little bit, I've got. I'm, I'm pretty proud of that myself. So that's uh, that's one thing I should be proud of. Uh, who I met in Trenton, Tennessee, with us, Neil. The very first time I was doing a photography, which is crazy. Yeah, you yeah. were there the first time I met my wife. So, um, yeah. But yes, they do call me the brain, and it was really because I think Sarge came up with it because it, just some really weird stuff happens in a, in a wrestling locker room sometimes, and um, <laughs> you know, you got guys they're like, hey, you know, you know, look at this, I've got this and that, and they're just showing everything and. Um, one of my friends, uh, you know, we've mentioned him a couple times, but Sam, he was, uh, he's like, hey, show Sarge, show, you know. And everybody's seen the movie, or most people seen the movie, Waiting, uh, with Ryan Reynolds. Yes, uh, I, was, I was afraid that's where and, this was going. Uh, yeah, well, there we go. You got the brain. So, apparently, I don't know exactly what it is. You know, one day I'll probably go to the doctor, but I doubt it. I mean, it's been this long and I haven't been. But apparently I've got one testicle that's a little bit bigger than the other. And when I say a little bit, it's rather large. And uh, that's where the name, the brain, comes from because uh, apparently that testicle is one of my seven deities that gives me uh, my mental uh, mental strength to to come up with ideas and book shows and stuff like that. So, yes. There we go. uh, uh, Okay. My mom is listening. I'm sorry. Yeah, let me let me interject my the, my first uh, introduce introduction to the brain. Yeah, we're in, we're in, we're in Newport, Tennessee, and uh, like I said, we're all sitting in the dressing room, and and you know, crazy stuff happens in the dressing room. I, for whatever reason, I I don't know, but um, the who he was who he just mentioned, Sin was like, um, Neil, come here, you got to see this, and I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> 
And he looks at Jason and he goes, Jason, show him. And I'm like, what the hell is he going to show me? About that time, now, thank God Jason didn't pull his pants down or nothing, but he just wads what appears to be a, a damn softball <laughs> on the inside of his leg. And I'm like, what the hell is that? He said, it's my ball. <laughs> I said, your ball? He goes to the doctor. And, I, and evidently, yeah, that's. Yeah, and I think Sarge O'Reilly was actually the one that coined coined called him Jason the Brain, because yeah, it looked like a damn, it looked like somebody had took a softball and put it like in a sock or something. It was a it was the biggest damn thing I'd ever seen, and we were like we were all like somebody should have told Sid he might have showed up. Yeah, somebody was like, <laughs> we were like, dude, you either need to get laid or go to the doctor, one of the two. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was my introduction to the brain. Oh my god. Okay, so for any anybody listening tonight, you've learned two <laughs> facts about the wrestling business. Number one, if someone says in a promo, I'm gonna tell you a story, it's gonna be a really bad long promo. And if someone tells you in a wrestling dressing room, Hey, come here, you gotta see this, you probably don't wanna see this. <laughs> it's gonna be something that's going to scar you for life that you'll be talking about on the podcast several years later. So remember that. Yeah, Jason. Yeah, because Jason wasn't that the same night that uh, that suicide uh, uh, showed us that he had decided he had gotten bored one night and decided to pierce his own dick, and he showed everybody. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I've never been that bored. Yeah. Apparently, he was very very bored and. <laughs> I couldn't – a lot of people couldn't tell if it was actually him that did it or Michael J. Fox because uh, it was a little – apparently it was a little off. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. Oh, crazy day. <laughs> so, at one time, Jason, you had a you had a wrestling podcast, right? I, yes, I did. I did. We we did our uh, – me and my friend, uh, Jay Blessick, we would uh, – we do our podcast, and we we did uh, we actually did pretty well. We had uh, I mean, we had a lot of good names on. We had DDP, and uh, he came on and actually talked some wrestling before he talked about yoga for an hour, and uh, <laughs> he was pretty cool. Scotty Scotty Riggs came on and just talked for like two and a half hours, and because what we the had, fuck else has <laughs> Scotty Riggs got to do, you know? Exactly. <laughs> Stuff that I wish I would have known beforehand. But Scotty just, I mean, he just wanted to talk. And, I mean, gosh, we had so many guys downtown. Bruno came on, and Jerry Jarrett came on and talked, and Austin Idol, yeah. uh, Velvet Sky. Uh, Austin Idol showed Daniels, up on your podcast? New, yep, Christopher Daniels Was it between on six and, and seven? Oh shit! <laughs> oh god! It's a very strict schedule. Good for you for making that happen. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was. We we did a lot of crazy stuff. Like I would call TNA when I seen they were coming to town, and I would act like I was like a legitimate radio station. I was like, hey, I know you yeah. guys are coming to town. Would you want to talk or whatever? And they're like, yeah, yeah, I'll schedule Velvet Sky and Christopher Daniels to call you. Perfect. I appreciate it. And then they would call and we talk, <laughs> and they were on my podcast. So. And still more people heard them on your podcast than saw them on their TV show. So it was a win-win. That, <laughs> yes, exactly. That is true. That's actually correct. <laughs> kind of like probably my biggest podcast ever was about the gentleman that got roughed up in uh, 
the promoter in Union City, Tennessee, that got roughed up, and uh, I think I had over like 3,000 hits in 24 hours to that. Um, wow. And I'll never forget, like, uh, uh, Hollywood Jimmy called me, and he's like, man, your podcast is going crazy. I just had Jimmy Hart call me and say him and Hulk Hogan were listening to it uh, and how crazy it was, and I was like, wow. That's incredible that Hart Hogan just listened to my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we all so, it, mean, baby. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> Get uh, us on there, brother. Yeah. <laughs> good job, brother. <laughs> wow. <laughs> we eventually had to quit because of uh cheap work schedule. It just didn't work out because I work all day during the day and he sleeps. So there we yeah. go. <laughs> Kind of, kind of takes it away. <laughs> it was fun while it lasted, though. I wish I could find some of those old interviews that I did and pop them up somewhere. So <laughs> maybe one day I can find where they're at. Apparently, the company that we used, uh, they they shut down, and I don't know what happened to all the stuff that was on there. So, <sighs> Oh, it's out there somewhere, man, I promise you. I find links to, like, weird links to all kinds of podcasts that I've done in the past that, like, places have picked them up and shared them through, like, German websites and all kinds of weird shit. I'm like, who in Germany wants to listen to me talk to Ken Wayne, you know, like, (laughs) well, I don't know, Germany, anyway, anyway. never mind. Yeah, oh. Yeah. (laughs) God, I just, so my ball is, like, really big. (laughs) I don't know if that's much of a deviation off of. Yeah, I, 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 I to come to my head. Uh, sorry. <laughs> trying to get away as quickly as I could. That's always my go-to. So, but uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> good time. Sunday we had the kid with the big ball on. That was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But I, I got to get one of you guys, both of you guys, to make the trip up to Missouri, and we'll go to Lambert's and eat dinner and or lunch, and then we. Yeah, it's gotta to come to one of my shows and check it out and see uh see what I got going up here. So. I would love to do that. I, I haven't been to Cape Girardeau since uh since I was a junior in high school. My dad got offered a job up there and me and him went up there and got the roles thrown at us at Lambert's and I would love to go there yeah. again. It's awesome. But yeah, I would I would definitely love to make that trip. If we can get oh uh get O Ned together and get our work schedules uh worked out, I would love to do that. Yeah, I got yeah. I got a show March 25th, but I know that's short notice. But we do have a Comic Con Super Show coming up April 22nd, and uh, I've got Colt Cabana coming in for that. Jeff Cobb from Lucha Underground, who's Matanza, and uh, probably a guy Neil Taylor's really he really loves is Joey Ryan. Joey's coming in, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> he'll be there. So it should be a good show. Um, maybe you and you and him should tag up for that show. <laughs> I mean, we would see it. We would see it. Dick and balls. There you oh, go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Frank the Chalking Ball Express. <laughs> Frank and Managed Dean. by Jim Cornette. I know he would love every minute of it. <laughs> oh, Lord. Motherfucker. Really good. <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> well, all right. That's, uh, that's that's really cool, man. That you're bringing wrestling to an area that that doesn't have it, more or less. Um, and that's one thing that's 
definitely, uh, you know, when you when you come from you know Mississippi and Tennessee and uh, and go to somewhere completely different, man, the fans are a lot. I've noticed in a lot of my traveling around, just going to see shows uh, from being in the crowd. You know, the crowd are a lot different in other areas than what we've been raised on down here. And I'm sure as a booker and a promoter. Uh, there probably was an adjustment period on the first couple shows where you're like, okay, we're not we're not Tennessee anymore. We're just, you know, they they want to see something yeah. totally different. Yeah, absolutely. I, and you know, one thing that uh, you know, when everybody asks me, I always, you know, I give props to, to Neil and the Sarge and to a lot of guys that taught me a lot uh, Hollywood, a lot of stuff to deal with the, you know, the the Tennessee wrestling and stuff like that because here it's fresh and you can kind of because. Tennessee wrestling is Tennessee wrestling. Every guy does the same thing in almost every match. It's just a di- different outcome. Sorry. So yep. that's what yep. I All right, damn it. <laughs> it, it, hey, right, it. God damn it. No. <laughs> it, it, but it's like, and there's shows around the corner everywhere. So here it's, it's a lot. Um, it's cool because you can throw in, like, different styles of matches and different characters. You know, I've got guys that like to fly. I got guys that like to ground wrestle. I got, you know, I've got the, you know, the character wrestlers, the guys that come in and just tell the story and don't do, they're they're not technically great wrestlers. They just like to come in and entertain the fans. And it, it's turned out to be really good, the mixture of talent and the roster that we have. And, um, you know, I'm so proud of uh, the guys that we have. Brandon, uh, Brandon Bobler, who started there in Mississippi, and him and Anton LaVey tagging up and I uh, I was so proud because no one's really gave Brandon a chance to be a a single wrestler and let him just take the ball and go and you know we gave him this one and he's he's killed it uh, and he's been so great and solid and the fans just you know they hate him a lot and that helps a lot for tickets so uh, we we've been pretty lucky and pretty great so and I and I you know I said thank you to Neil and and Sarge and all the guys that taught me a lot growing. Uh, growing in the business and kind of helped me to where this company is today. Well, that's awesome, man. Well, we yeah. wish you uh, continued success and hopefully one of these days uh, me and Neil can make our way up there. Maybe we can do a, a live podcast on location at a CCW event one of these days. And uh, if Absolutely. we can ever be of any help to you or the promotion, please don't hesitate to let us know. Absolutely. You guys have Absolutely. an open door anytime you want to come. Let me know. Awesome. Well, all right, Jason, awesome. thanks for being on the show, and uh, we'll we'll talk at you soon. All right. Thank you guys for your time. Take care, Jason. You too. Thanks. All right. That was him, Jason the Brain, which I'll never quite think of the same when I mention that name moving forward. But <laughs> 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 when you said that last week, I kind of felt like it was going in the direction of that movie waiting. So uh, I felt like once we moved on to the CCW talk that we were going to we're going to pass that over and, and I couldn't, couldn't let that happen. I know there's at least a couple of inquiring minds that heard the show last week that was wondering like, yeah, so why, why do they call this dude the brain? if not for the Bobby Heaney connection. So now, you know, folks, and, and sometimes, uh, sometimes you don't need to know, I guess, but that's a fun story. <laughs> sometimes, you're, sometimes you're better off not knowing. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some of these stories are just nuts, but anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was a poorly timed joke. But, uh, but anyway, so another fun episode, Neil. I enjoyed it. How about yourself? Absolutely. 
It was fun. I, um, like you said, I spent probably, I'm going to say probably two years on the road with Jason and when he first broke in and, and seeing and stunning some of them guys. And it was some of the most fun I had ever had in wrestling. So I uh, hadn't seen Jason in a long time. Well, I say a long time. I saw him uh, at the last uh, Miranda McClure benefit show last year. Um, but uh good guy. Um, uh, met his wife through wrestling. Of course, everybody's heard of uh, of a little bit at some point or another, uh, whether it be custom shows or, or what have you. And I um, uh, didn't realize I was there the first time they met. <laughs> but, yeah, but, that's cool, uh, right? A good but uh, you know you don't meet uh, you you don't really you don't you hardly ever meet genuinely good people in the wrestling business and uh, and Jason is definitely one of those people. Um, uh, he's actually from Bahia. Uh, uh, been up down the road with him a lot, so uh, just a good guy and uh, and uh, I always enjoy talking to Jason. Well, you know I, I don't really know Jason that well. Um, he kind of came along after my time there. And, uh, but we have, me and him have spoke quite a bit over the last couple of years, uh, about doing shows and getting advice about different things. And so, uh, I feel like I know him, even though we've never actually met, but I knew you had spent a lot more time around him. You had worked with him a lot. And so that's why tonight, uh, much like our days of Southern destruction in the ring, I just kind of stood on the apron and let you carry most of the, most of the show. And then uh, I come in at the end, so that's kind of a throwback to what you're used to from <laughs> from the days of Southern Destruction. <laughs> well, damn, the ribs still on me. Exactly. Hey, <laughs> gotta gotta go back to what works sometimes. But no, I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed listening. You know, like I said, you had way more insight uh, about you know Jason's time in the wrestling business than I did. So that worked out, you know, great that you were actually able to uh, bring up, you know, pertinent questions and you were there for a lot of it. So that was cool. And that's the way this show works. Uh, some weeks it's, it's people that you're really familiar with. Other weeks it's people I'm familiar with. Some weeks uh, it's people we're both familiar with. And then some weeks it may turn out that we don't need to want to know these damn folks, but we're going to bullshit our way through it. But um, next week uh, it'll be, it'll be my turn to, to carry the interview because next week our guest uh some people uh listening may not know who this is but a lot of them from the, at least the alabama side of things will know cabana man dan is uh going to be our guest next week and of course cmd as many people refer to him has been around for years uh, on the alabama wrestling scene uh he he went away for a while he injured his neck and went away for a few years and kind of created a whole new persona for himself as the bev nerd uh, he got a YouTube show reviewing uh, snack foods and drinks. Uh, and in his shoot life, he actually works uh, for a company doing that. And uh, pretty much got a good side business going for himself with kick-ass snacks and all these things that he does. And then this recently here, about a year ago, uh, he came back into the wrestling business. It seemed like he was just kind of dipping his toes in the water, was going to have a couple of matches. And next thing I know, he's he's back full-time. He's working for Pro South, New South, um Rocket City Wrestling over in Huntsville, and uh, he's turning up more places all the time. Huge crowd favorite. People love him, and so I'm excited to have him on the show next week. Known Jason for several, several years, and uh, should be fun talking to him and be fun introducing him to Neil. And who knows? This is, you know, networking. That's how this stuff works. I introduced Neil to Donnie Primetime, and Neil started bringing Donnie Primetime over to Mississippi. So who knows? Cabana Man Dan may make his way over 
to Mississippi one of these days, thanks to meeting Neil Taylor on this podcast. Who knows? We'll see what happens next week. Never know. Never know. But anyway, so uh, we had us uh, an interesting uh, bad promo of the week from UConn John Nord and Flapjack Scott Norton that I'm sure interviewer Eric Bischoff would love to forget ever happened. And that's once again, uh, we'll try to put the video of that up on uh, localsplegends.com uh, here in the next couple of days so you can watch the video. If you didn't get enough of it tonight, uh, you can watch it there. Uh, last week, if you stayed through the uh, the John Cena music of the week, you heard uh, the Leslie promo played again, <laughs> just to be, just to be an asshole. <laughs> but uh, tonight, uh, I've kind of I've kind of hit the wall on uh, on John Cena theme variations, so we're going to take a couple of weeks off, and then uh, probably around WrestleMania week we'll come back with a vengeance. But uh, I found another fun. Uh, ring music that uh again it's another one where the video is pretty funny so i'll probably post the video up on youtube this will be the song we're going to listen to going out i'll kick it on here in a minute but first what have you got to plug neil taylor localslegends.com uh you can see uh you can listen to all the shows all the archive shows um you can also uh we post a lot of stuff that we talk about on the show a lot of the videos and stuff uh, you can check that out there, localslegends.com. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Neil Taylor Brand. Uh, make sure to check out Neil Real Deal Taylor dot com. Uh, our um, uh, show Facebook page, uh, uh, Facebook dot com forward slash Locals to Legends Wrestling Radio. Make sure and uh, go give us a like there. Um, uh, interact with us on Twitter. Um, uh, all that good stuff. Uh, make sure uh, also to uh, you can subscribe to the podcast on on uh, iTunes. Uh, go through, look at the archive there. Uh, downloads to your device every week, so you don't uh, you don't miss a minute of me and Gene jabbering every night, every Sunday night. So uh, make sure and uh, and uh, connect with us somehow or another. Uh, Gene, what do you got to plug? Well, same old thing. Got my Twitter, uh, twitter.com <laughs> at uh, Vince Hates Us All. Got the Facebook, facebook.com slash King of All Wrestling Media. Got the YouTube channel, Cheap Heat TV. And uh, I got a I got a collect call this week from a payphone from our old friend, Memphis Monroe. And uh, he was griping because he said somebody told him that they were listening to our computer shows, what he called it. And that uh, we haven't been promoting him on there and that he's got somebody that runs a Facebook for him. So he said to promote Facebook.com slash Memphis Megastar because he says that he got a phone call this past week that may possibly lead to one more match that might drag him out of retirement. So I don't know what the hell that's all about. Uh, As I hear more about it, we'll talk about it here on the show. Uh, He's still pissed off because we haven't had him on yet. So we may squeeze him in uh, on the end of one of these shows and, and see what in the world would possibly bring Memphis out of retirement for one more match. So who knows what that's about. You, you heard anything about that? You know anything well, about that? I have not heard a word about that, but I am interested to hear about it. Um, oh, see what old Memphis is up to these days and see what, uh, <laughs> see what may bring him out of retirement. <laughs> well, all right. We'll hear about more of that in the weeks to come. Make sure tune in next Sunday night, 10 PM for Cabana man, Dan, 
And uh, we got a couple more fun things in the works in the weeks moving forward. So keep checking us out. Like Neil said, subscribe on iTunes, and then it just comes in without any added effort on your part. You wake up, and it's just there, and you can listen to it and rate it and review it. Um, you know, we'd like that. So please do. Yeah, even if it's so, even if it's the shits. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, just so we know you listen. Yeah, say, hey, it sucks. Some guys, you know, just ramble on about nothing. So, you know, anything's good, right? So we know you, even if you hate it, we know you listen to it at least once. So at least least do that. But we we have been getting some pretty good ratings. We have been getting some uh, good downloads, rather. Uh, Quite a few people are listening, even to the ones where it's just me and you uh, rambling for an hour and a half or so. So. That's a, that's a good thing, but if if you've listened to an episode and you really enjoyed it, uh, whatever episode that may be, whether it's the Conrad Thompson episode or the Izzy Rotten, or you know you're a big fan of Mister Sensational, uh, share the link on Facebook or send it to somebody you think that might like it, and uh, turn them on to the show. We'd appreciate it. So without further ado, uh, we're going to wrap this one up. Uh, we'll, we'll talk to you next Sunday night. Neil, any parting words? Uh, have a good week. <laughs> Stay warm. Yeah, you never know. You never know what weather to dress for. It may be seventy tomorrow and thirty the following day. So just, you know, dress in layers and peel them off accordingly once you get outside. So there you go. Now let's let's check out the theme song of Two Cold Scorpio. <laughs> You know...